See, he gets right to it. If you listen to Matthew's Gospel, he begins. He says, this is Jesus, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then he goes to tell the lineage of, of Jesus, which is important. And you hear Luke, who says he begins his Gospel by speaking to Theophilus, explaining to him how the, 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 real, the reliability of the things that he's about to, 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 about to tell him. And then you hear John. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But we hear Mark. We hear Mark, and he dives right into it. And he says, this is the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Christ. Or in the Hebrew term, Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior that the people have been waiting for. The Son of God. Not just a great teacher. Not just a really great man or a good miracle worker. But the Son of God. See, Mark dives right into it and he tells us the reality of who Jesus is. That he has come to save his people. He is the Savior. And he's the Son of God. You see, Jesus has fulfilled the words of Isaiah. Mark says, just as Isaiah had said it, Jesus fulfilled it. And I think what he's wanting us to see here is that God is at work in this world. The living God, who created all these things, is at work in our world. He hasn't just set things up and then walked off and hoping we get it right. God is at work in human history. We see that the history of Israel, a people in Egypt brought out of Egypt, led through the desert, given land. Then we hear stories of judges and kings. The cycle of Israel is they would they'd fall into idolatry and then repent and come back to God, fall into sin and then apologize and return to Him. Again and again, over generation after generation, this cycle happened. And when things looked their bleakest, God came Himself. He put an end to the cycle and He came Himself. Jesus, the Son of God. God Himself came and dwelt among us. God came and lived among us. Fulfilling the words that Isaiah spoke, that He would come. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight His path because He's coming. Now, sometimes people can be skeptical about this. They can look at our world around us. They can look at the violence, the pain, the hunger, the misery of people, and they can say, God has come, but how has it mattered? And that's a valid question because this world is still dark. There is still darkness in this world. There are still people who struggle. We don't have to watch the news for very long to see horrible things that people still do to each other. There is still darkness in, the, in this world, and we do not deny that. But as Christians, we also affirm, we profess that God has come, that the kingdom of God has come in Jesus, and that the light has broken in. The light has broken into the darkness, and it is changing things. We see it throughout history, the ways Christians have been at work. Christians throughout the generations working to save people, to help people, to extend God's kingdom. We see it in our own lives. We see it in people we know. People who used to drink every weekend when they were young now become pastors. People who were inmates in prison now become missionaries. Marriages are healed. Husbands and wives are brought back together. Children are reconciled to their parents. We see good things happening. We see the light breaking through. 
But as Christians, we, do, we talk about in these terms that we talk about in terms of already and not yet. That the kingdom has come already, but it has not yet fully come. You see, as followers of Jesus, we live between the times. We live between the time of his first coming and we look forward to his second coming. So already the light has come, but has not fully ruled out the darkness yet. But the truth remains is that Jesus fulfills the scriptures. He fulfills the words of the prophets that have been spoken for generations. Jesus is the fulfiller of God's word. But as much as people wanted this Savior, as much as they wanted someone like Jesus to come, they weren't ready for it. So God sent John the Baptizer, or John the Baptist as we know him. God sent John the Baptizer in the world to prepare the way, to prepare God's people for his return. Now John had the message of a prophet. He spoke like a prophet. He called the people to repentance. He said, come out and repent and be baptized. He preached a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. Just like a prophet of the Old Testament. Come, turn away from your idols and come follow God. Stop with all the things that are distracting you. Set those things down and come follow God. John has the message of a prophet. And he also has the look of a prophet. John living out in the wilderness wearing a camel hair shirt or some sort, of, some sort of clothing out of camel hair with a, leather, with a leather belt. I don't know about you, but it reminds me of Jeremiah, the prophet of the Old Testament, who spoke to God's people, who also had a camel hair shirt and a leather belt, and spoke prophetically, called his people to faithfulness. John is doing something similar here. See, God, John has taken this place on the outside of mainstream society. You see, he was out in the wilderness, standing on the outside, not in the middle of it, but standing outside so he had a better perspective. And from there, he was able to call people out. To call people out of all the things that were distracting them. All the things that they thought were more important than God. John was able to stand outside of that and call them out to faithfulness. As important as John's prophetic role was, His most important thing, though, was that he was a herald. A herald, as in one who proclaims a king, who announces that a king is coming. This was his most important job. As important as all the other things were, this was the most important part, was to proclaim that the king was coming. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his path. You see, John was a catalyst. Those of you familiar with chemistry, you need a catalyst to sometimes start a chain reaction or a chemical reaction. John was this catalyst. This one who came before, who got things going, so that when Jesus came, came, the whole thing took off. People began to follow Christ. Thousands of people would show up and he would provide bread for them. He would feed them. Thousands of people would gather around him. But John was a catalyst. John was the one who who helped and prepared prepared the way of the Lord. What's interesting to me, though, is that when John, as he was preparing the way, his idea or his instruction from God, his leading and preparing the way, was encouraging the people to repentance. Did you catch that? He says, go prepare the way. This one will go before you and he will make your way straight. And John comes and he preaches repentance. 
This is always our first step back to God. Our first return to God is always a step of repentance, of humility, of coming before God and apologizing for the things that we have done that are opposite of what He designed for us, opposite of His good intentions, also things that separate us from Him. Repentance is our first step. This is how John began preparing the way by calling people to return to God. So John was this, and this important person. He had this prophetic role. But he also had this role of bringing people back to Christ, of preparing the way. John was this guy calling people to God. The role of a prophet, but also as a herald. A herald of the kingdom. Herald of a new king. Now as important as all it is for us to understand John, See, Mark tells us about John so that we would fully understand who Jesus is. That we would understand that Jesus is a king. That we would understand that Jesus is a savior. That we would understand that Jesus is the one who baptized not just with water, but with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is this great king. As I mentioned, John was a herald. The one who came to announce and proclaim. If he was the herald, then Jesus is this great king. You see, when Mark, was, when Mark was writing this gospel, he lived in the time of Caesars, Roman emperors. Whenever they traveled from the cities to city in their empire, they would send out an announcer or a herald to go before them and prepare people, telling them to make way, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way for the emperor, get ready because here he comes. If this is what John was sent to do, then Jesus is this king. And not just any king, but the king of kings. The Lord of lords. And as important, for us it is to, as important as it is for us to understand that Jesus is the king, he's also the Lord, the one who God has sent to save us. You see, John had this great ministry. It said that people from Judah, or from Judea, people from Israel, all kinds of people were coming out. Mark, in his hyperbole, he says, all the people of Judea, all the people of Jerusalem. You can see these huge crowds of people gathered around John. And not just the common people, but the people from Jerusalem. People with power and status were also coming out to him. He had this huge ministry. And yet, in this ministry, what he told people was that there is still one who is coming after me who is greater than me. He is greater than me. I am not worthy to even bend down and loosen the straps on his sandals. Now John says this. Obviously not because John is so low. Not because he's some sort of uh, scumbag or something like this. But John is saying this. And, and the people of his day saw John really high. They had tons of respect for him. He's saying this not to say that he's low, but to show us how important, how glorious Jesus is, how powerful he is. That Jesus' ministry surpasses John. That John will decrease so that Christ might increase. Jesus is the Savior that God has sent. And John said, I baptize you with water, but the one who is coming after me, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Can you believe this? Baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. You see, the baptism of water, as I understand it, looked more backward. 
people would come and be baptized for the sin in their life, for the things that they had done that was, that was opposite of what God had called them to. They'd go and they'd be baptized, cleansed of those things. But what about the things that were going to happen again eventually? This is the amazing thing about the Spirit, a baptism of the Spirit, is that it works backward and forward, taking care of the things that have happened, but also going forward and it fills us. The Spirit of God changes our heart and makes us new people. It gives us a new desire. It gives us new lives. The Spirit comes and dwells in us. Can you imagine this? I know you've heard this so many times. I know you've heard this. But just listen, try and listen to it again. The Spirit of God dwells in you. Because you have believed into, because you have trusted your life to Jesus, the Spirit of God dwells in you. The Spirit of God dwells in you. Making you new people. Guiding you. Then when the things, when the really hard things of life come, we can pray, God, please guide us. What would you have me do? And God helps us. He guides us in this by His Spirit. We have the Spirit in us that confronts us when we're on the wrong track. When we're going our direction and not really looking for God, the Spirit reminds us. It confronts us. It convicts us. and calls us back to God. The Spirit comforts us. When we are in the midst of some of the darkest times of our life, the Spirit comforts us. And the Spirit prays for us. When we are in these hard times, when words do no justice to it, when we don't even have words to speak, the Spirit groans for us. In our place, God praying for us. If we will be filled with God's Spirit, it will change everything. This is what Jesus has come to do. He is the King, the great King. He is the great Savior. And He is the one who gives us the Spirit of God, baptizes us, not just with water, but with the Spirit of God. You see, this is amazing news. This is amazing news of who Jesus is. But this news calls for a response from us. All great news calls for a response. Whether it's celebration or faithfulness, to hear these words, to hear this amazing news that Jesus is King, that Jesus is a Savior and baptizes with the Holy Spirit, calls for a response from us. I hear God saying to us as a church, prepare your heart. Prepare your heart to receive God. Move the obstacles that are there. Remove the obstacles of anger. Set down anger and forgive Remove the obstacles of resentment. There's this great quote that resentment is the poison reed drink hoping to kill someone else. Set down resentment. It tears you apart and does no good. Set down distractions. Even as harmless as they may seem, set them down that you might focus on God again. Because that will change your life. That will change everything. So remove these obstacles, these things that have put between you and God, that have been put there between you. Remove these obstacles and take a step back to Christ. Take a step back to Him in prayer. Even if you're not even sure how to pray, just come and spend time with God. 
Come and spend time with Him. Pray as long as it takes and listen. Lord God, I just want to be here with you. I pray that you would speak. Step back towards God in the way that you read Scripture. It's important to read for information, to find out more information about God, but it's also vital that we read for transformation. That we don't just plow through five verses in the morning. That sometimes we take time to work on just three or four verses and we just read them again and again or a section. Praying each time, Lord, speak to me through these words. And then listening. Reading in this spiritual way. To try and hear God speak to us through His Word. And step back towards God in service. Sacrificing to serve others. To be a blessing to other people. To be a blessing to, the, to our neighbors. To our friends. To people that we barely know. God will work through this to draw us to Him. I hear God saying to us, make straight the path. Make the crooked way, make it straight. Set down the things in our lives that separate us from God. Sinful things we have in our lives like maybe pride. Unwillingness to to look bad in front of people. Unwillingness to even apologize because we hate the way it makes us feel. Or to set down self-righteousness. This is often one in churches that the churches need to be careful of. That we don't give the impression to other people that we are somehow better than them. That we set down these things because they separate us from God. That we set down ongoing sins in our lives. Maybe addictions. Addictions to substances. Addiction to sex or pornography. That we set these things down. They separate us from God. I hear God calling us to redevote ourselves to Him. In these words of John, prepare the way of the Lord, I hear Him saying, redevote your life to Christ. Refuse to be indifferent about this world. Because you are followers of Jesus, you are meant to care. You are meant to care for women and children who are caught up in human trafficking. Even if you don't know them, you are meant to care for them. You are meant to care for people who are starving. Even if it's halfway around the world, you are meant to care for them. Even if, even if it's something going on in our community, poverty, people barely scraping by, we are meant to care because we follow Jesus. I know these are big problems. I know these are big issues. And we don't have to have answers for everything. We don't have to do everything. But we must do something. Part of preparing the way of the Lord is doing something. I hear God speaking to us. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord in your own heart. Prepare the way of the Lord in this world. And prepare the way of the Lord in the people that you know. Prepare the way. Encourage them in faith. You have friends. I know many of you talk with me about the friends that you have. People that you know who need Jesus in their lives. Who need God's work in their lives. Continue to pray for them. That's one of the ways you prepare for God in their lives. Continue to pray for them. Continue to find time to to, to be with them, to encourage them in faith, to encourage them to follow this Jesus that we know, this Jesus who has loved us and changed our lives. Prepare the way of the Lord. I hear these words spoken to us this morning. Listen to these words again. 
Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his path. You too have been called into this. Amen.